what the bio-individual philosophy is, what our channel is about. I'm going to talk about what it is. Bio-individual philosophy based on the great truths of the great men. Buddha, Nietzsche, uh, Darwin, we acknowledge that words in education are not enough and that physiology is the prime mover. Physiology is the key. Words, concepts and education just not enough. This is the path and it is fraught with danger. You'll hit certain points where it gets a little bit tenuous. And when you look up, it can be intimidating. The key is to stick to the method. When we get to the top, we see the perspective. We missed the forest for the trees. This is what you get. You get to view your reactivity from up high. You have more free will to choose the ultimate view. And this is what we're really after. But uh, it's very psychophysical to me. I think if, I, I just think of Spengler. That's why I got interested in him. It's so psychophysical. It's the... It, like this idea of what do you like when I first read it, what do you mean the maths comes out of the people in this place, you know, people running around the place in the forest, you know, like this is the image I had in my head from reading it. And then that's how their maths came. What? You know, it's really psychophysical way of thinking. And so I like that. And uh, uh, so the path is some, you know, Westerners use this metaphor, but I think that's where it comes from. I think it really, a lot of the time is coming from the influx or the knowledge of the, of uh, Chinese um, ideas, but there's perfectly Western Fausti ways to use that metaphor. You know, as we're saying, like Nietzsche walking mountain paths and thinking of a, you know, it's not quite a path because the metaphor of the rope, you know, the rope over the abyss, you know, the uh, man on one side and uh, Superman on the other, or whatever, however he says it. So, I mean, like crossing the tightrope is a path. So, it's just not a winding path. So, I mean, there's, there's you're already going away through a westernized Faustian version of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but anyway, so when somebody comes onto YouTube and criticizes the metaphor you're using, it's a metaphor and they could have a completely different understanding of it than you using it to. Um, and uh, it depends, like, metaphors last, the only. They only last a little bit before they start breaking down. So some internet guy will always notice where the metaphor breaks down and jump in to tell you actually. Um, <laughs> whereas you have to use these things to, they're just tools for trying to point out message yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, there's, there's uh, this week's Spengler rant. No, I think it's good because it, it, it ties in with what we're going to talk about, which is something that you wanted to talk about is the idea of self-transcendence um which may or may not uh include um metaphors like a path uh i would imagine uh, so we're gonna have to be careful uh we're walking on eggshells here <laughs> um but it, why, did, why did you want to talk about it because you you did bring it up so I, I thought maybe there was something that uh happened during the week that made you think about it or something, something no, actually it's your fault yeah. It's my fault because no, yes because fault. you because <laughs> i saw your your url of your website is yeah. incongruent with the name of your website yeah uh and in your web <laughs> in your name it says islands of transcendence which is a nice name yeah. that's your yeah. url good, yeah. you've since changed the name of the blog itself to breath wish blog mm. which is cool mm. uh so i like the both so anyway so i was i was thinking about transcendence and then i remembered 
And uh, we've been talking about recently about you know enlightenment and awakening and those the problems with those terms. <clears throat> uh, and then I remember, and we've also talked about Christopher Hyatt and his work. And I remember Christopher Hyatt saying somewhere that about trying, you know, he doesn't like the word enlightenment because it, this it's in a video where he's teaching techniques that are in that kind of category of you know spiritual growth. Let's call it. Um, but he says he doesn't like the word enlightenment because he doesn't know what it means. It's simply too abstract. But he likes the word. He prefers the word transcendence because he knows what it means. Uh, so it just means like you know going beyond uh, to transcend. And so I was thinking about that, and I was I'd been reading um, bits of uh, uh, Faust, the the play, and you know he's he's trying to transcend all the time. And in the translation I was reading, they they they, have, they use the word transcend and transcendence. Uh, I can't remember if it was self-transcendence or not, or is that just somebody talking about it? I don't remember if it's actually in the play or not. Mm. But um, uh, and that does describe the, like Faust's kind of mentality, and this is you know where Spengler gets the whole the the, the metaphor of, of Faustian civilization from. You know, he's he's never happy. He's wanting to move to the next thing. He's all striving for more, to be greater, to break the limits, to get the to reach as far as possible, and not be happy with that, and then reach the next thing and not be happy with that. So this isn't quite a path. It's different, not the same as a path. So, um, so I've been thinking about that, and I think, and also I just for myself, I've been looking for a word to describe this kind of work, that that part of this work. So there's the practical side of the, of the work, and then there's the you know quote spiritual growth side of the work. Um, and I hate the e word, and I don't like the a word, awakening. <laughs> Because, uh, so, because of Spengler, actually, it's oh, Spengler. Spengler, really? Yes, because he's made like he's saying, you know, like the Indian civilization is the central concept is life is a dream. You know, if you read mm -hmm. Indian stuff, this makes immediate sense. Life is a dream, and the goal is to uh, wake up. Wake up. Yeah. So it's awakening. So it makes perfect sense in that context, because uh, that's the metaphor, you know. And um, there's also and the, the word enlightenment. I know it has different uses, but it's more suited to really to the Magian civilization and Spengler's thing. You know, the life is a, a the, the universe is a cavern, it's like, like a cave, you know, in the, the original churches in this in the part of the world I'm in, um, the Mediterranean and then um, the uh, Arabic countries as well. Uh, old churches used to be like caves in the ground and stuff, you know, like a, a, there's a cave, the way I live, there's also a cave. There's a cave church, you know, you go down into the caves, totally mm. different, but this is like Christian, totally <laughs> different from a church in the like north of Scotland, you know, it's like not the same <laughs> yeah. religion. I know it's the same book, blah, blah, blah. But um, <clears throat> uh, so that's a different metaphor. So enlightenment makes more sense for that civilization because it's like you're in a cave and then God, you let you, it's dark, humans are in darkness and then they get lit up by, you know, the divine or uh, they have a, see the truth about reality, however you want to say it. Um, but for West Westerners, I think the transcendence is the best word, or transcending, because uh, that's the kind of Western striving, always seeking the next thing and expanding out. There's problems with this. There's a dark side to this, obviously. Uh, but um, so that's the reason I wanted to talk about it, and I wanted to see what you thought about this as a, a way of framing it, since you uh, the one with it in your URL. And then, obviously, I thought about, well, the word transcendence, 
part of this, the first part of that word is a word that's used a lot in culture wars at the moment and has certain meanings. And they're not, when we're talking about self transcendence, we're not talking about that. But it's not actually unrelated in a weird way. It is, there's a connection in a very weird way, but we'll have to get to that there. So, like, uh, it'd be better, better first of all, self transcendence. So, transcendence is going beyond self transcendence is going beyond yourself. So, like, uh, you're or Nietzsche, just self overcoming. It's the same thing he's talking about. Um, it's uh, you're breaking free of the limits of the current concept or you have of yourself. So most people don't have an, well, I don't think people have an explicit definition of their self. They just, uh, it's kind of Im implicit and um, when you see it clearly, oh, to step back, definitions are limitations. That's what they're for. You know, like you define something, you're limiting it. This is that, you know, you're giving something a definition to see what it is um, in opposition to everything else. It's not those other things, it's this thing. So everyone has that about themselves, but it's kind of unconscious or it's just playing out in their life. And when, if you do kind of work with meditation or other kind of work, sometimes you get a point where you just have this aha moment where you see through your current definition of self, which was a limitation. And in that moment, you will transcend that old self and you can't go back to it because you've seen through it. It's not like you can become aware of your current uh, concept of self uh, and then just keep it, you know, like, my, but the very act of seeing what you, how you actually think of yourself means you transcend that version of yourself and then something else appears. doesn't mean it's true, true. It just means that you've transcended the old limited concept of self and now you have a less limited concept of yourself, uh, again, to be transcended again. So this is like a process. So when people get, I think people get mixed up with transcendence and tran because they think of the transcendent which is, you know, like a totally separate from all kind of reality you could experience or know, uh, totally outside of it. And it's almost like static is this thing on the outside. So if you're, so people might kind of go through self-transcendence, you're reaching that thing. That's not what it means. It's more like a process. It's better, maybe better to call it self-transcending. Um, and then people can argue about uh, if it ends or if it doesn't, uh, the Faustian mentality would be it never ends. You just keep doing it. Um, maybe the Indian one would be more there is an end, you know, uh, because you've woken up from the dream. So, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that and uh, how it ties in with all the stuff we've been talking about. Mm. Yeah, tough. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's interesting you you say that uh, yeah, there's a cultural dif difference for thinking that it ends somewhere, um, which you know in many ways kind of differentiates us, doesn't it, from probably your average person into religion or esotericism or whatever you want to call it, is because we're not we're not really searching for an end. Um, I'm certainly not. I don't really think there is an end in the way people think of an end particularly guys that are into eastern religions and you have like very flowery 
descriptions of things like you'll disappear into the ether and the divers will come down and uh, I don't know, there's all sorts of weird stuff. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I, I think that several things can be true at once. And I also think that you could have uh, awakening again, a word I don't like either. I don't like alignment or awakening, but I'm, I just don't really know any other words. Um, but, but it's, it's kind of like that old Zen saying, isn't it? That, um, you know, before enlightenment, chopping wood, gathering water after enlightenment, chopping wood, gathering water. It's, it, the implication in Eastern religions in particular is that that just ceases or something. And there's some super spiritual event that will occur and you'll just disappear or you know what i mean there's this kind of implication that something finishes for good uh and i i don't i don't believe that personally i agree with you i think it just keeps keeps going the stream of experience just keeps going uh presumably until we die i don't know what happens after that but your relationship with it can change i think that's true but it doesn't mean everything else stops. I have a problem with people who think things stop. Um, it could stop, I guess, if you want to go and, as you say, live on live in a cave in your underpants. Um, that that's a way of stopping it, I guess. But it's it's not like you disappear, not not in a in a, in a greater sense of of you. Um, <clears throat> so I, I was thinking about it uh, since you brought it all up, and. Um, I, I I kind of see it see that there's there's three types of self transcendence, what I'd call self transcendence. So so there's the the self overcoming of nihilism, which is a good book by Keiji Nishitani, and I, I stole this from that title, um, which I think is something that many Westerners go through necessarily. Um, the lack of meaning and all the other things that go along with nihilism. Uh, and it's a big issue, obviously, because you see people on the merry-go-round of uh, religions and uh, converting to orthodoxy every three years and heading back to Catholicism. And then, you know, you've got to have children, don't have children. It just, it never ends. It, it, people trying to find meaning uh, in some way. So we all we all go through that process. Uh, some successfully, others not. So I think that for all of us, there's the self overcoming of that meaninglessness that we're subjected to because of uh, Faustian excess. I guess you, in your frame of looking at things, and uh, it, it reminds me of the expression that uh, I think it was Nietzsche how he said that man is a creative and joyous fool. I think. He's, he says that he creates meaning and then he forgets that he does it. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the idea that it, it never ends. And I, I've seen no evidence for it ending. And I've, I've also seen no evidence for uh, absolute metaphysical or philosophical meanings, like being anywhere in particular. So So we get to that point and then we... We figure, uh, we figure out we've got to do something. So we need to make ourselves into a work of art or 
whatever else. And I guess, you know, that that's it seems quite pedestrian, but that that's self-overcoming in an everyday sense. So if you go go to the gym and you know, or or go to university to get more educated and to get more money or what whatever it is in a in a very tangible sense, I think, you know, that's self-overcoming. Put it in working, making yourself into a work of art. Um, <clears throat> which, you know, is related to the self-overcoming of nihilism and the kind of um, can be related. So that process never ends, clearly not um, for people who are involved in it. There's always something to get better at. There's always something uh, in yourself to, to overcome and uh, transcend your current uh, matrix or abilities. You know, so that's an obvious one. And then the other one for me um, is uh, seeing through uh, the self. Seeing that actually all of those things are kind of not really happening in the way that you think they are. And um, seeing the self and, and that everything seen are the one thing. And that the acculturated self is kind of falls away um and uh that in a sense is all all also nothingness if you think about it it's it's like acknowledging emptiness or nothingness but what's weird is i think that people get confused because they think that all these things can't be true at the same time but i think they absolutely can be true at the same time i think that um, from an ultimate level. So when you, you get into the meditation and, and the more Eastern way of looking at things, um, you uh, see that everything does have an emptiness or a kind of sameness, that that stream of experience has a sameness. And that even the things that you think are great or ugly or beautiful all kind of become a part of this whole that can't be split this this stream of everything everythingness that is all also nothingness uh at the same time so that that's from that perspective but clearly clearly you can go to the gym and get bigger and things can happen in the real world um so i i just I don't see it as a paradox um, in an in a, a experience. So when you do it, when you do all these things, I don't think there's any paradox about it. Um, even, even a really learned Buddhist monk that has you know, um, achievements uh, that are impressive in meditation, they st you know, the ones I know still have jobs and they still have careers and families. You know, that doesn't stop. So I, I almost see th those more ultimate perspectives as I think that they're ultimately true um, and it doesn't really matter because you just keep going on anyway and you can still be in that space. It does, it, nothing stops. So I, I feel like there's, those are the different levels of transcendence for me. That's what I think self-transcendence is. And of course, in a Western context, <clears throat> since that's what we're talking about you mentioned Descartes and and yeah I agree I think that he represented that 
that real excess of detachment from sensation and, and everything else. Uh, and it's not a bad thing. As you say, it, it's why we uh, had science and technology and all these things went, went the way they did. Um, and, it, and it's a very, that's a very top down way of looking at the human brain and the co uh, consciousness and the body. So it's kind of like, I am abstraction. That's what I am. I exist as an abstraction. I think therefore I am. Thought is the thing that is making everything else. I think that self-transcendence in a Western context, the more I think about it, is flipping that script while not completely getting rid of it. And what I mean by that is it's realizing that the top-down approach, so just I think, therefore I, I'm a thing, therefore I am, is only one very small part of the whole equation and that you want to flip it so you, you instead of going top down in that way you're going bottom up so what i mean by that is <clears throat> you you uh become familiar with your sensations and your body um and your instincts and all those various uh things that we have that are not thinking they're not thought and becoming aware of them because westerners uh are not aware of them because we're not acculturated to be aware of them because we're, we are very abstract as, as a culture and i i think at least in the in the world as it is at the moment it's it's a terribly it's a terrible debilitating illness and uh I would like to think that a feature of self-overcoming is overcoming that acculturated tendency. And uh, that, in, that includes getting to know your body, getting to know that your thought isn't actually what you are. Um, it's, it's an element of it, but it's definitely not all of it, not by any stretch. And taking a bottom-up approach and um, it doesn't mean throwing out abstracting at all. It doesn't mean throwing out any of these things. I see it more as a an integration of of all these uh, various drives and things that we are as human beings in 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 an environment as organism as an organism in an environment. So for me, in a in a Western frame, that's what I consider um, to be. To be a, uh, probably the foremost required self overcoming, because I, I do feel like that outlook. <clears throat> and I, you know, I'm no great reader of Descartes. This is just what I pick up secondhand. Um, that I think that that is that is a problem. It's an excess, and uh, it it means that <clears throat> we we are detached from like a whole part of our being, you know, just a massive part of our being. We're completely detached from it. Um, and that is something to be overcome. <clears throat> so from a certain angle, you can say that that is self-overcoming. And I, I think that the bio-individual uh, frame is kind of that. That's kind of what we're doing. We're looking at 
uh, the body. We're looking at the breath. We're looking at the nervous system, how all these things interconnect. Because we realize that the thought that comes up is very much a result of everything else that's going on underneath. And uh, the approach of mastering all those things is very important for self-overcoming because you, as we know, we, we, you can't abstract your way into being something different or, or at least, you know, not significantly. So, so th those are my thoughts on, on uh, self-overcoming. I kind of think there's three types or there's, there's three levels. And even though the ultimate level seems incongruent with, you know, just the everyday go to the gym or do yoga or uh, get richer, whatever it is, I don't think it is incongruent. And I, yeah. It's kind of, I don't know if that comes across as too confused. I mean, I'm kind of thinking on my feet a little bit here, but. Um, yeah, I think everyone yeah. has the, like in everyone has the, like the urge to self transcendence to some level. They just stop at different places when they, when they do it. So like going to the gym is a type of self transcendence. You're yeah. transcending the current body shape or <clears throat> um, composition or you're thinking about, or you're, or if you're going to the gym, it's not necessarily that you might be transcending your current poor state of relationships by going to the gym, you know, so you're transcending something. It might not be the thing that it looks like you're transcending. Um, you know, they're the, you're when the social benefits of being better, um, that kind of thing. So everyone has a version of it. So like, you know, obviously being believe being religious is a, is a, like the seeking for transcendence. Um, being patriot of your country is transcendence. You're 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 not going right up and out to God. You're going up as high as the nation. Uh, you know you're wanting to be like transcending. You're wanting to be part of something bigger than yourself. Um, in normal sense, you know people do this starting a family, creating something bigger than yourself. You're becoming more. Um, you're going beyond what you were. Um, they there are different ways people can do this. Some are more I would say more healthy, and some are more sick depending on how people do that, how they find the bigger thing. Sometimes it's just like a hobby and they become a total um, obsessed over some tiny little niche thing to be the master in this niche because they want to transcend themselves by being the, the guy who knows the most about this obscure thing or does this obscure thing. You know, you know it's like a, there's a desire to lose yourself in something bigger than you. This gets used against people, against their own best interests by people who know how to do it also as well. But I think everyone has that in them to some degree, even if it's like a uh, unhealthy version, like you want to transcend your current state of awareness, so you get drunk. You know, you're, it's that's not um, you're not actually transcending. It just feels like you are. You're you feel you're trying to go beyond where you currently are, your feelings or whatever. Um, so it can be healthy, unhealthy, good, bad, useful to other people, uh, bad for other people, whatever. Um, and the I think it grows out of the the sort of basic animalistic bio biological urge to seek things. So you're you know like for mammals anyway. Mammals are you know you're seeking food, you're seeking mates, you're seeking things uh, around you. You're trying to avoid things. You know you're seeking bad things so that you can avoid them. You're always like looking around, foraging. There's that kind of that's like an actual emotional system in in 
people's brains in mam all mammals' brains, including humans. Um, there's the neuroscientist Jacques Panksepp uh, calls that the seeking system. So this is like built in. It's the lowest, oldest mammals' uh, emotional system. You know, you can there are parts in the brain that does this. Certain chemicals that go with it, and then certain behaviors, and they can you can test these behaviors uh, on the different animals. You know, usually usually rats. But anyway, so the that's built into us as animals. So that seems to be when people are seeking transcendence or seeking uh, mystical experiences or just simply peak experiences or, or new feelings or um, try to create things. You know, even just creating something is trying to uh, transcend your current self into something bigger. You know, there's now you, the artist, who created the thing. Um, so I think that desire for seeking more is built into people on a very materialistic biological level first. More food, more mates, uh, whatever, um, or stuff. Uh, and then later that becomes sublimated into higher and higher things. So you're seeking information, you're seeking, you're seeking new, uh, unusual experiences, you're seeking new feelings, you're seeking information, you're seeking wisdom, you're seeking the uh, experience of transcendent. Uh, so that's all very psychophysical to me. That's just like you were saying before levels. So everyone has their certain levels where they're just happy to stop. I just want to transcend my balance and be rich. Some people often when they get rich, they look for something else. You know, if they're unhealthy, I would say or the dark side of that, they just start seeking power with it in a bad way. Or, you know, they can sometimes in, in helpful ways. Uh, but also you can uh, sometimes they get the they self-transcend in terms of that. And then there's something else to move on to. Uh, they have some other activity that's not about them. It's not about money because they have to feel that need to self-transcend somewhere else. Uh, so I think everyone has this, uh, even people who doesn't look like they have very much ambition. Ambition is type of self-transcendence, um, kind of inner feeling, or if you have a, you know, when people, you know, the phrase, you know, if you have a calling or some kind of vocation or something you know you want to do, whether it's like an artist or a scientist or a entrepreneur or you know whatever it is, um, that kind of urge to do thing is that's part of the self. That's an expression of this desire for self transcendence. I think, and some people it's just enlightenment. What they're looking for, they just want that's the thing, and it's the most important, biggest thing to them, and they're just not happy until they get that. They wouldn't be happy with any of the other things. Um. So yeah, so I like I agree with the, the, the idea of there being levels, um, and in some ways, like the the desire to self transcend, it's connected with feeling like you're trapped in some kind of prison you need to break free from. So like either you're physically the place you're in is is limiting you, you want to transcend your geographical coordinates. You know, to bring about to Descartes, the coordinates is like the coordinates is is on the way to making things more abstract and and separate from the body. That whole way of uh, thinking, anyway, digression. Um, so uh, the idea of like you're you're wanting to break free, so that you want to break free of your physical surroundings. You feel like you're in a prison. You just want to travel. You want to get out in the sea. You want to run through the forest. You want, you know the, those type of things. Go to space. Um, but also, you've, there's a feeling of being stuck in a conceptual prison. 
So this is like your words, you're trapped. There's something about your thinking that's not restricting you. You can't get out of it. You keep going around in circles in your thoughts. You have these kind of something going on in your psychology that's restricting you. Um, or you're, you're, you're not in control of your self-talk or you can't focus your mind on something. Other things come up. Uh, you just start thinking about these things and worrying about things or you just um, get distracted by something that's more seems more fun. Can't keep your mind on a task. All these things are... Um, imprisoning you in some way. So to you, these are other things that people want to self-transcend that they want to break free from. Um, but the, yeah, as I say, there's healthy and unhealthy ways of of uh, becoming something bigger than yourself. And the kind of a lot of the madness that's going on now is people just finding stupid things to be to to. The feeling, it's like a deformed version of self-transcending. So they feel by doing certain things or joining certain things or following certain ideas or doing certain, or um, going along with all the, the nonsense is they're becoming something greater than themselves. It's that kind of urge to self-transcend this, but it's going off. It's like a, a deformed version where it's not like a shadow version rather than the real version. Um, and I think that explains a lot of it. So when it seems like people are just doing things that, that are destructive for themselves and, uh, you know, Freud talks about the, you know, the death drive. Uh, but I think that is the death drive is a, it's a deformed life drive. Mm. It's uh, turned in on itself. It's uh, your, it's self-transcendence. It's actually destroying you. But a lot of people make the mistake of thinking because to create things, you often need to destroy something first, often, yeah. not always. Yeah, and they assume that a lot, yeah. A lot of people conflate the destruction with the creation. So they think just by destroying things, you're not, you've now created something new, which isn't how it works at all. You know, it's like uh, sometimes you need to break things up to make space to create the new thing, yes. But just by simply wrecking things will not produce, uh, create some new thing that you want. It's like a really childish way of looking at it. And I think a lot of the errors people are making in the forms of self-transcendence, quote, that they're engaged in are um, just destroying themselves in certain ways, but they have this kind of feeling, this little shadow feeling, thinking this is the way, this is where I need to go to get beyond myself. Uh, so it's like kind of backwards. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sticking feathers in your butt doesn't make you a chicken. I think they said that in Flight Club. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, look, if, look, there's a lot of modern movements and I won't talk about them on YouTube because I'll probably get banned, but we all know probably what I'm talking about where, yeah, you try to think, think yourself into being something you're not and uh, it, it can be very, very destructive, can't it? Like quite horrifying, actually. Here's a way to think you, about it. There's a, there's, <clears throat> oh, sorry, on you go. I just wanted to say, yeah, I, I like the idea of uh, self-destruction. Um, I like I like calling it descendants, and and uh, I just wanted to talk about. So again, on the Descartes thing, I'm not picking on Descartes. I know everyone's going to think I'm being mean to him, but I'm not really. But so so going from this top-down approach of pure thought uh, and abstraction downwards, uh, descendants then for me implies that we're, we're going from that place of abstraction that is disconnected from everything descending into the 
primordial into the pre pre rational into the body uh getting getting to know it getting to know reactivity our biology all the bound up energy all all the things that are going on uh subconsciously that we don't notice that are shaping uh the nature of what we're thinking all the time and 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 then going forth from that point i think that's uh the process i know i think that's where descendants comes in because you're descending into the the core of your being and then from that place you're mastering or understanding your biology understanding your reactivity and when you see your reactivity then you you begin the process of overcoming it overcoming those things that you didn't really know that were going on but are going on and and that's the uh the upward the upward path there i just said it you're, you're climbing the mountain at that point so you're you know you're you're transcending your your biology your reactive biology so I, yeah i i think that you're right i think that a process of self overcoming or transcendence um does uh, require a period of descendence going downwards uh, a period of destruction or restructure uh, whatever you want to call it so i just throw it yeah, I throw, I throw that in because i like it i like the way definitely you're yeah it. you descend in order to transcend ascend um yeah the the whole it, the whole uh, self-transcendence healthy version versus self-transcendence unhealthy version um so like it, there's a author uh he's a fiction author who writes like it's like a uh, old war stuff i think uh but he also wrote some self-help books his name is uh stephen presley you know the guy that wrote uh war of art you know this book no, I'm not sure. It's like a self-help book for artists or whatever, but he, he's a proper fiction writer as far as I know, and I've heard from real writers that he's actually really good. He's not just a self-help author guy. He's like, uh, he wrote a book on the Spartans called uh, Gates of Fire, something like this. He's meant to be good. I haven't read it. I have read anyway. that, actually. I've read that one. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, it was okay. him. But there you go. Yep. So he also wrote the book War of Art, which is like a kind of, one of the better self-help books seven years ago and some follow-ups and that and then one of the ideas he has which i'll have to bring this back to transcendence to explain i'll have to explain something in order to make for this to make sense but he in the book he what of art or the follow-up there's a one called i think it's like turning pro or something where he talks about these things and uh he compares well, basically, it says all creative people have to fight something called resistance, and you know, it's resistance with a capital R. It's kind of like the demon or the devil in the book, the kind of demon or the devil for creative people. So, whenever someone is creative and tries to create something, as soon as they try to do it, they get resistance. So it can be like basic resistance, like laziness or procrastination or uh, writer's block, those type of things. So you can be an artist or a scientist or a businessman, whatever it is you're wanting to do. Athlete can be anything. Um, and you know when you go, there's something some kind of work you have to do and many times you won't want to do that work but you have to do it in order to be this thing so if you're a writer you have to actually sit down and write at some point uh you know not just read about writing or think about writing you, know, you have to do it 
Um, you know, if you're an athlete, you have to train, you have to do the th things consistently you don't want to do, but you'll get this experience resistance. And as I say, he capitalizes it to make it into a, to personify it almost. And, uh, it can be basic things as like I was saying about just making you lazy or writer's block, but it can also be really sneaky where it'll invent ways for you to do things where you think you're being creative and doing the thing you want to do. Uh, you know, it could even be being a mystic or a spiritual teacher from, you know, it could be me explicitly becoming awakened and a spiritual teacher. It doesn't have to be, um, for some people it would be, um, but the resistance, what it'll do is it'll trick you. He even uses the word diabolic. It's diabolical. He says that, you know, that it is a devil. Uh, he says it will trick you by getting you to do things that seem like you're doing the creative thing, but you're actually not. So it'll like, be like a metaphor for the real thing. Like myself. For example. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just going, that's so, me, man. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> well, for so, example, yeah. he's, he's, I don't know if you're, I think you are doing the thing, no? Yeah. No, I am doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, yeah. Figured it out, Literally, but the yeah. but like the examples he uses is like a rock star is um someone who's living the rock star lifestyle, but they're not actually making any music. You know, they've got the clothes, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. they're partying and get wasted all the time, but they don't actually make any music. Yeah. Uh, so that's like he calls this um, uh, there's a ve a, a version of um, resistance he calls shadow careers. I love this. I love this idea, yeah. and basically, your shadow career will be a metaphor for the real career. So you'll get uh, the rock star who's living the rock star lifestyle, but he isn't making any music. You'll get the write the wannabe writer who works in the publishing industry, but never writes the books. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> so they do yeah. something that makes them feel like they're doing the thing, but they're not really. You know, or they'll get someone who'll go and work as the second hand to some kind of a innovator or inventor or something. Mm -hmm. They'll be like the number two to somebody because they don't. They're but they really want to do that themselves. You know, but they're not doing it. You know. Or you, they'll be, instead of being an athlete, they become a just sports journalist and write about other athletes, you know, that kind of thing. So they'll, <laughs> this resistance is, will trick you in different ways to get you to think you're doing the thing that you're really doing. But, but it will, even if you don't know what it is to do, you want to do, really truly want to do, if you see what is going on in your life, that will be a metaphor for the real thing. So if you find yourself doing something and, you know, it's not working for you, or what is this? What am I really wanting to do that this is like a shadow career version of that? Um, uh, resistance also could be things like, yeah, before I start writing, I'm going to do this long, perfect morning routine that will get me in the zone for writing. And then, you you know, the resistance, the, the trick is it burns all your energy and now you just don't do the thing later. Everyone has done this in some degree, you know? Mm -hmm. um, or just the classic, you're just reading lots of books about how to write and never actually writing. Um, or uh, Schopenhauer's got a good one where he says uh, all these guys that read too much, all these philosophers that he's writing about at his time, uh, he's saying that they always reading, never to be read. <laughs> so there's that kind of that kind Ouch. of thing, you know. Um, <laughs> and that, one I see all the time now is um, these personal knowledge management people. You know, the note takers. You know, they have all these note apps takers. now, Obsidian and all these apps. Oh, for yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like going mad, taking hundreds of notes on all these hundreds of books and stuff and putting in these big files, whether <laughs> physical or on yep. computer, but they're not actually doing anything with them. It's like, I would imagine all those people want to be writers or creators of some kind, but they, this is like their shadow career version of the real thing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and one of the things Stephen Presley talks about a lot is for artists, it's addictions. They become addicted to some, not necessarily drugs or that, but they become addicted to something or if it's like, he said for him, he was, 
playing out a fictional novel in his life rather than writing the novel that he'd always been wanting to do and kept delaying and delaying and delaying. You know, the things mm -hmm. between characters and that. You, you know, you've met these people who are like, everything's like a drama and they're interested in the first few times you meet them, but then they're like, years later, they're still doing this thing. Mm -hmm. They're not really, it's like a wasted, they're, they're creative in some way, but they're wasting it at parties to make people laugh at parties and rather than do something, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so this is shadow careers. So the, the, the central idea is it's not just some random thing you're doing. It's a metaphor for the actual thing that that's right for you. So, you know, like for someone who always wanted to be a scientist, you know, an experimental scientist, say, yeah. uh, I bet they never had the guts to do it or they just never went around to doing it, but they maybe do some kind of weird, uh, hobby thing. That's like a shadow version of being a scientist, but it's not real, you know? They have some like childish kind of hobby that they do in the heat in the air or whatever instead of the real thing, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, Sounds like, like, uh, being online would offer ample opportunity for, uh, people to go down this path. <laughs> do you think on, being online? Yeah. Particularly these days, like yeah. you have social media accounts, you can pretty much pretend to be whatever so you want. They're literally a shadow. It. It's literally yeah. a shadow career of your life. You know, like you're, yeah. It's, you know, people spend a huge amount of effort managing the social media look to project an image of their life for people rather than changing their actual life. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like obvious. Everyone knows this, but that, that's, yeah. a perfect, that's a good example. It's like a shadow career rather than the real career. So, like, everyone will have a version of this. There's some, anyone who's of some kind of calling or artistic creative urge for in any kind of form, spiritual, scientific, business, you know, and, and, uh, you know, artistic, anything, it will have experienced these things. Um, they like few people are just have it clean right from the start of you, I suppose. But, um, so, or like, even like, it could even be things like, uh, argumentative people could be that the thing that they need to do, people are constantly arguing and nitpicking is because they, they're called to do something. They feel called to do something that involves that kind of uh, attention to detail and uh, um, or judgmental kind of thing in that in the real activity, but they end up just doing it to their friends and their partners and being a dick. You know, what I mean, maybe they want to be a trial lawyer, but they can't <laughs> be a trial lawyer, so they just pester people. You know that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So there's loads of versions of this. So when it comes to self transcendence, the shadow version of this would be to Ryan, <laughs> it's hard to explain this without, it's hard to explain this while allowing you to keep a channel on YouTube. <laughs> so I'll try. Yeah. So like, um, uh, if you're, so there's similar words to transcendent that are popular now. <laughs> um, that is in a way it's transcending yourself because you're going beyond what you actually are to something else. Um, uh, but to me, all of that seems like a shadow version, a shadow career of self-transcendence because it, transcendence, when people do mystical things or they do uh, meditations, often they'll get, um, it's like a feeling of annihilation or, you know, you're surrendered or how are you describe it, where you're, you're getting being broken apart. You're kind of something, a part of you has been destroyed in some way, but then you break through and you become something bigger. Um, 
people are mistaking that people are thinking if they do things which are actually destroying them, that then they will break through into the bigger thing, but not necessarily. You're doing the wrong thing, you will just destroy yourself. So there's that. Also during this experience of transcendence like that, the higher end of transcendence, uh, you are um, you are uh, I don't know how to describe this, you're coming I'm not sure how to explain this for, for this, I could explain this not on YouTube um, <laughs> okay, here's another example you 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 know how in these like uh, uh, <clears throat> another example of shadow a uh, way of thinking about shadow careers is you know how like in these uh, magical rituals people uh, mm. you know in history and people do now where they they create a metaphor and an analogy for what they want to happen then they perform that analogy and then the idea is that sort of makes the real thing happen in the real world. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there's yeah, like, like a chaos. There's a structure to it, like that, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you make a little metaphor of what you want to happen, and then you perform this thing, and then the idea is that that will happen in, in real life forever. What people are doing with shadow careers, it's like, uh, it's like the opposite of that. It's like you're doing the black magic on yourself. So what you're doing is you're performing a metaphor of the thing you want to do in order to avoid doing the thing you want to do. So it's like. <laughs> It's like yeah. bad magic on yourself, and everyone's like not everyone, but lots of people are, are doing this. Um, wow. You know, like uh, maybe somebody who wants to have a family is um, rather than going out and getting their heart broken looking for the one, blah blah blah, and all the stuff that entails, they will, uh, uh, you know, get cats. You know, so like uh, collect cats. So you know, they, people do these things uh, all the time. So. Uh, so basically, the idea is that you that destroying your existing self is, in a way, part of the process of self transcendence because you're going beyond what you were. You're not happy with what you were in some way, and you're going beyond it. Fine, but simply by destroying it is not the same thing as going beyond it. So that's the first thing. Um, part of the I was going to say earlier I was trying to describe earlier. So earlier, during the mystical experiences, often people are transcend their body. So they go beyond their body or they, you know, the out of body experience, or they become part of a greater conscious, wider space or, um, uh, forget your body sometimes. Yes. So you forget the body, you're not limited by it. You know, you break through the limitation of that. So that's very easy to notice that there's a shadow career version of that where they, you deny your body lit like in a, in the material level of it. So there's a spiritual way of denying the body as a tool and a technique to self-transcend. But the shadow version of that is just thinking that you, like, denying the material existence of it in a material way and thinking that then you can change that and then that will change everything else. When it's, it's upside down, you know, it's buckers. Um, so, like, one of the... Related to that is the one of the tools people, humans have for self-transcendence is language. And when language becomes a tool and an end in itself, or when it, you think, you know, Korzybski, you think the words are more real than the things that they refer to, you think you can transcend by either jumbling around the words, changing the definitions of words, or just saying the right words, better words enough times, and then it'll change the 
things that they refer to. So like I wrote on Twitter the other day, this is like your nervous system is upside down because you know your nervous system, you're taking in sensing, you're automatically sensing the your body's automatically sensing things around you. Then you are that's been obstructed into perceptions that you're aware of objects and things happening around you, and then you obstruct that into concepts which you use, which are like um, rules and uh, similarities you see in what's going around you in order to um, act better in the world, uh, and then you use them to to orientate yourself in the real world where the sensations were coming from in the first place. But what everyone does is everyone. What lots of people have now is that they have it backwards where they start with the words. The words are the main real thing. They won't say it like this, but it's implied in all their behavior that the mm -hmm. words are the real thing. And then you change the reality to go with the word. <laughs> so, like, there's a woman on Twitter who's a linguist who <laughs> thinks she's a genius, thinks she's really smart. I, I saw that. You yeah, know yeah. what? I, th I, think I she's, think I did. Yeah. Go on. You go. She caught everybody. I was laughing at it from a Kurzinski point of view because she's yeah. the trap. She actually, in fairness to her, she actually says they, I can't believe they fell into the trap. Although, she didn't really mean it like the way it is. So it should be meant. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone comes in. So for people listening, she said to people, obviously there's political, she has a political agenda here with this game on Twitter. But anyway, what she says is, um, give me a definition of a word that isn't, give me a definition of any word that isn't circular. So like, she says, what's a chair or something like this? And then people start giving definitions. So she immediately comes up with exceptions to the definition, you know? So you got a horse at one point and, you know, because you can sit in a horse, four legs horse, you know, like this kind of thing. So you know, and people keep finding more better, better definitions and more words at this word chair in order to uh, beat her. But there's always going to be something that she can get out of it because they, eventually they just comes back in a circle to you're just having to say a chair is a chair uh, at some point. So you can't like, uh, you can't win that game. It's a trap. Um, mm. What she did, what she doesn't realize why it's a trap. She just says a linguist and um, is lost in words. Lost her. She's a cunning um, linguist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like the but the game, the trick that's happening there is is that everybody is um, starting with words and then then reality. So they're they're they're, they're treating the words as primary and then what they refer to as secondary. And they don't even realize they're doing it. So they, here's a definition of a word. How do you define this? You have to find more words to throw at that word. And if you get the right collection of words, then that, that's that definition. And then you look at what it refers to. Um, this is what they're all doing. So they're sending definitions. But really, if you want to know what a chair is, you point at fucking chairs. And then eventually <laughs> yeah. you find, you point at two things where you're like, hmm, kind of chair, kind of not chair. Uh, and then that way of, that way of looking, you do that long enough, you realize that yes, chair is a thing, but it's not defined by it's not doesn't come from words. It comes from things, and then the words come from the thing. Yeah. So yes, that's a chair now. So it might be a chair today, but not a chair tomorrow, based on how it's been used then. You know, like it, it's yeah, yeah. that's obvious if you start from um, reality, things around you, and then work yeah. up. It works yeah. two concepts, but a linguist by definition is almost not going to because because mm -hmm. they're they're love words. That's why they go into it. Uh, not always, obviously. Um, they hate Krasinski, by the way. Lots of linguists. Yeah, I will never, never get it's, that. You don't get it. Yeah. They, they don't get it because he's talking about their nervous system and all this stuff, and they're like, yeah. uh, the rules of language. They're like, oh. uh, it's rules, language rules. Uh, and there's like a disembodied thing where the, the, the linguistics are somehow separate from the body. And even the embodied linguistics, people make that mistake. 
it's incredible. Mm. Uh, mm. Um, and they don't like Kazubski, I think, because he's not really a, well, he's not one of them, although he crosses yeah. on it, his linguistics, and he's uh, so weird and um, it's so unique that it's everyone can find something that he's wrong about their field, you know, because he's mm. so interdisciplinary. Uh, but anyway, that game that uh, she played is just, um, would be, if I was an argument of Twitter type, I would just say, you know, is it your view that words are primary and the things they refer to are secondary? You wouldn't even know what I meant. Not really. No, no. Probably not. Yeah. Um, because the game is, find the best definition. Well, if anyone wants to take the terms of this, uh, Krasipsi calls it intentional versus extensional orientation. Intentional with an S, not T. Intentional. Uh, so that's intentional is when you start with the words. Uh, the words are the main, are the real thing, and then you then you look for things that they refer to. The way your kind of nervous system is, is operating, your, the way you orientate yourself, start with the words. And uh, extensional, you know, ex- extend, extensive, uh, is you start with the things and then find the words, the categories for the things, and then you use them to orientate yourself among the things. So that's the way your nervous system works, because as I was saying earlier, you know, from the sensation body and sensations app. Uh, so look, Kozlowski makes a joke somewhere. He says a dry joke that the only places you see the intentional, the places where you see the intentional orientation to life most, where people are say the most like false to facts, upside down things, are in mental asylums and in some chairs of philosophy and linguistics. <laughs> <laughs> so, or maybe he doesn't say linguistics. I'll probably do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, might, so he's like well saying. That's what crazy people are doing. They think the words are the real thing, and they think something therefore is real, and then they, they follow that train because their nervous system is, is, has arranged itself in such a way that they it is the real thing to them. You know, they're experiencing the words of the real thing, and then they're wondering why they're mad and can't function because they're not orientated from the things around them uh, to the words after. So, um, so yeah, so that whole issue is something that plays out in this whole, uh, as I'm calling, shadow careers of uh, transcendence, where they, that whole argument about what words, what is this word, what is that word, hmm. uh, it's solved by pointing at people and saying, hmm. that's this, that, you know, it's not solved <laughs> by arguing about the definition of the word with more words, no. you know what I mean? No, no. Totally. Um, and even if something is something you can't point at, okay, who point at a dream, you can point <laughs> at other things, you know, like you can, you know, like, um, yeah. Even feelings are things you can point at, you know, you can mm. yourself and then you can relate that with other people and things. It's not like, mm. um, it's not like it has to be a physical object, you know, like, um, you know, somebody will be thinking that. It could, it. it could be more uh, ephemeral. Yeah, it could be more. But the point is you're orientating from the things first, then the words. That's, that's the point. It's an orient. That's what Kurzybski uses the word orientation all the time. And I think it's the best way of saying it because it's not a bunch of ideas you have. It's a, it's how you orientate your nervous system. And uh, one of those ways of doing it is closer to the facts of life than the other. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, all like a huge half of the culture war is, is that if you take mm. away the mistake, uh, if you take away mistaking words for things and everyone just starts with the things, there'll be disagreements, obviously, about what the thing, what to do in that. Obviously, there'll be massive disagreements. But this stuff, well, half of that would disappear. It would. 
because people are just arguing because definitions and weird shit. I mean, it, exactly. It's, even it's, when they don't even realize they are, they yeah. argue the definition and then they argue uh, judgments about the definitions and then judgments about the judgments of the definitions. <laughs> so, like they're yeah. totally away from thinking. You just point to stuff and go that. Let's the word we use the word <laughs> we use this word to describe that 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 we use this other word to describe that 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 that. Uh, there's this one's hmm, what about this one? It seems like in the middle. Oh well, in this situation it's that that one, and this other situation is that. You know, like it's easy. Or um, this is why they never they never um, no one ever does this. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Um, because yeah, uh, yeah. And and both sides both sides fall for this. It's not like a oh, yeah. thing. Sure. Both sides do it in the same way. But anyway, Krasinski, read them. Yeah. People. Yeah. She, she uh science and sunny that's the book that i'm referring to all the time it is yeah it's a good book not that i've read all of it because I'm, I'm too dumb to understand some but i get the general idea yeah it sounds like to be a linguist you'd have to be the ultimate midwit it sounds like the ultimate midwit kind of job where like you're one of those people that desperately wants to appear as very profound and clever <laughs> you know what i mean but you, you just end up looking like a fucking twat <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of like being uh really knowledgeable about computer programs but never actually yeah. programming anything. Yeah. Yeah, there's no like literally no fucking use for it. You don't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah, you're just yeah. kind of yeah, it's uh I mean there are like there are parts of it that are obviously useful and interesting and stuff, but the um that abstract the weird thing, thing yeah. I agree. So, so, um, yeah, it kind of, it's funny you should mention that because yeah, like, like, as you say, anything can end up that way easily. Um, including, including this kind of stuff. So you can say, ah, oh, you know, I want to self transcend and I'm going to do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, they're just words as well. Right? Like, so, so I guess you always have to be on the lookout because you can fucking trick yourself. Yeah. I mean, what, what can you things. point at? If you yeah. said you've been so oh, I'm into self transcendence, yeah. okay, what can you point out to what what is that? You know, like so you exactly. could say if it was real, you could say, Oh, on this date, you know, February the sixth, yeah, two thousand fourteen. I did this and there was that. Uh, I had this experience that morning. Yeah. And then after that, so it was like incredible, it was out with the normal range of psychology for me and blah blah blah. And then after that, I noticed, looking back after a year, that my life changed. Like I found myself doing different things in life, uh, problems I had stopped, other things I started. You know, like things changed. Um, and there's some kind of objective side to it. There was a, both a subjective side to it and the objective side to it. Uh, that's like my kind of orientation in life now is to look for both subjective and objective. The, mm -hmm. the scientific reductionist materialists are only looking for objective, and the naive mystics and uh, somatic therapists and all that are only thinking of subjective you know most well, not only but you know they're way too focused on it you know if you feel it it's true uh and uh in spiritual work the spiritual techniques it's really bad people are really bad for just thinking the feelings are, are a real thing you had a peak experience so you think you're enlightened well it's not the same thing yeah um yeah. but yeah you should be something you can point at and what were you doing sometimes it just happens to be all spontaneously but usually somebody's been doing things um you can think you you can you can usually there's usually negative examples where you can say oh I thought that such and such was some kind of awakening and then 
just the same person a year later <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. I just it was just a peak experience. Interesting, fun, good to do, but not not the thing. You know, a lot of people get that when they're uh, psychedelics. Um, if they're honest with themselves, they'll realize that no, they're not enlightened super being now. They just had some weird sensations. Uh, useful in some ways if you carry on with it and work on it and you know a useful tool but again people think out tools are ends in themselves uh it's a kind of western issue really <clears throat> um so yeah i think uh i think i've done my the best other... there to explain my idea here without um tripping you up no no that was good that was good i i really like that idea because um yeah it's it's something that we all fall prey to. I'd like to read that book. What what was his name again? I might put it in the notes for people. Um, the guy with the dark, the dark um, personality thing. How you think you're something when you're not, and you go and that you encapsulate. Oh, the, the shadow careers. Yeah, that's yeah, um, Stephen Stephen Pressfield. Stephen. Uh, he's the author of Gates of Fire, which is the yeah, Spartan yeah, okay. Spartan <laughs> story, and. Um, uh, the books are War of Art and Turning Pro. Just short cool. books. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, um, you know, it's like it's there's like self help book. Those two are self self help books, but they're better than the typical self help book. And um, uh, uh, there's some definitely useful stuff in them. And yeah, but yeah, shadow careers versus real careers. It's in both of those books, I think. Uh, definitely in Turning Pro anyway. And uh, he, he, uh, yeah, I just find that really useful because I see it everywhere now. You often mm. see when someone is acting out something that isn't the real thing, but it's actually totally natural. This because that's what children do. You know, the, mm. the mother's mm. cooking, and the and the little girl is pretending to cook with her stuff. Beside, you know, looking, <laughs> you know, copying mm. it. Well, mm -hmm. she's not. No one thinks she's really cooking, but yeah. and she, you know, that's there's uses. There's like uh, material uses for that kind of behavior and you know practical uses for it, practicing and, and stuff like that. Um, uh, but it's like the shadow versions are like that, that kind of analogy, instinctive analogy, narrative behavior. Yeah. Um, you know, like story, be story behavior, doing things that are part, are part of a story, playing games and all that. It's all totally natural. Ch children do it, obviously. And um it's something like people are doing that to themselves, but it, they're an adult and they should be doing the real thing now. Mm. And, and the real thing the child... might be writing a story. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, all, it's not, it's all separate, you know, it's, it's all uh, more intertwined than I'm, I'm saying here, but uh, everyone could listen to this. Anyone listening to a podcast like this has some kind of thing, creative thing they're interested in or called to do. And if you look at your life now, there'll be something you're doing that's a, shadow version of it will be like you'll be uh reading books about writing it's kind of weird if you think about mm -hmm. it um yeah, you know funny. you'll be watching sports rather than training in the sport you, you know, know i remember one uh recently i was I, I i was struggling with my fitness and i know you do kickboxing as well so i was at a kickboxing class and um i'm like man there's I said, you know, is there a good way to train for fitness, you know, like, so I can come here and not get fucked up every time, every time uh, I come in and he's like, yeah, just train more. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, just course. come in and get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what exactly. Do? I was thinking that right. I made the mistake recently, even though I know this stuff intellectually, but you just find yourself doing it all the time. Like yeah, uh, yeah. I was thinking, I just can't kick as high as I want. Partly it's because I'm older now than when I was 
you know, much easier when you're in your twenties to do high kick than it is in your, let's call it early forties. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was thinking, well, what do I need to do? I need to, oh, yeah, I'll ask the coach after what I can do to make my kicks higher. And I know what it is: it's just do higher, do slightly higher and higher, and higher kicks. Practice them. <laughs> That's it. Have a plan, though. You know, not just randomly. Let's have a plan, yeah. and uh, you know, learn more technique and obviously, but. Uh, at the end of the day, you just have to do the thing. And this is why, like, people do stretching instead of just doing the thing uh, with less effort. You know, mm. they do all these weird stretches and warm-ups that are not the movements you do in the thing. It's crazy. Mm, mm, mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Like, uh, <laughs> so you stretch out all those bits, and then when I do the thing, I'll be warmed up. Well, why didn't you just do the thing at, like, 40% and then 60% and now you're warmed up anyway? Like, if you're yeah. weightlifting, it's pretty obvious. You just... I'm not a big weightlifter. I mean, I do bits and pieces, obviously, but uh, like I'm not like a gym uh, bro type at all. However, it's pretty obvious if you want to warm up for a big lift, you would just do the same lift but lighter. How is this difficult? Like? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but, yeah but, but it wasn't obvious to people because people are arguing about this online. And, um, <laughs> like uh, they, they're asking about things to do and all that. It's obvious. Um right. It's the same with us for for everything. So, yeah, uh, even uh, even self transcendence. If you 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 don't try, you don't just sit down and decide to be and do the thing now to transcend to full enlightenment. Well, many people do, but it doesn't work. You uh, practice, yeah. You know, like you practice being able to sit down for five minutes in the beginning. You know, you practice them for ten minutes or whatever. Uh, you don't. Actually, this is a this is an error people make. They want to become more focused and have less distractions, so they will find some concentration exercise to do to make them better <laughs> concentrating. Well, that's mm. what your problem is. Like, <laughs> yeah. or they'll they want to be better at strategy. They want to be better at um, dealing with people. So, oh well, that involves strategy. I'll learn chess. No, dealing with people would make you better at dealing with people. Not learning chess. It's not going to translate over. Probably, no. I don't know enough about. <laughs> No. Um, so that would be like a shadow version. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, part of the shadow version is part of it might just be yeah, an ego thing, as in I don't need to practice or learn the get start at the beginning and do the basic stuff. I should just do the, I should just be, you know, that superiority complex. I should just be doing it, be mm. the best anyway. So well, I wanted to talk about this. They wanted to start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the superiority uh, complex is a big thing, right? Because that's the thing that I see all the time: uh, people wanting to be superior in all kinds of ways, uh, and uh, ties into what you're saying. And it's it's a big element of uh, what we're talking about. Like self transcendence implies that sure you're getting better than what you are, but also, it's going to make you better than other people, kind of thing. Which I, I think that's a fair enough metric. If you want to be elite at something, then you the best way to you know become elite is to fucking beat everyone else at whatever you're doing. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but part of what you're talking about is yeah, this this shadow elitism. That's a good way to put it. I see it all the time. I've, I've got like like I've read. A vola and fucking I'd like the words spoke to me and now I'm an aristocrat of the soul and and the elite class just there and they don't deserve to be should be me 
and that you could live out an entire fantasy life, like just thinking that you're fucking amazing and that you're superior to everyone else because of your thoughts and the concepts and the books that I read. But, you know, I just, I can't, I can't take it seriously anymore. I can't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. Um, and yeah, I think it's a huge, huge fucking trap because like if you, if you just go around like just thinking you're the best, like, and, and as you say, there's no evidence of this. So you could be, I don't know, like living at home, have no money, have a shit job, uh, you know, whatever it is. And you could read like a book, a book, like something that Evola, you know, he has a couple of books about being an aristocrat of the soul. And, you know, I like Evola. I, I, well, I did like Evola. Uh, you know, I don't mind his books, but, but you could, you could seriously go around thinking like just in your head with absolutely no connection to reality whatsoever, no achievements to justify it. Uh, no, nothing. And you could cultivate like an entire online life. Uh, you could have like a fucking statue uh, head thing and like, you know, just cultivate a huge following. And then like, I'm, I'm this fucking like overman, and like, they're just trying to keep me down, man, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. They're not, they're not, uh, they're not elites. I'm the elite. And then everyone who thinks the same way is like amplifying it and fucking liking it. Like but really, it, it, what is really the case is just in front of you all the time. Like it's, it's right there, but look, I've done it myself. I've, I've done, I've done that myself. I've imagined myself to be way better at things than I was, particularly when I was young. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a real trap. It is a real trap. And, and the thing like being superior, feeling superior is a really sneaky feeling as well. It's a really powerful feeling. It's you really got to be on like really careful of it, I think. Because yeah, I, it's another I version of the the fake self transcendence. So totally, use the it, yeah. superiority complex to give them a little squirt of feeling that they were that they've transcended yeah, themselves somehow by pushing yeah. people down, and some people are literally destroying things for other people, tearing things down that other people created to make themselves feel better, but they're not doing anything to raise themselves up again. You're seeing that in the culture all the time. Well, it always um, happens to me as well. Like like uh, every time I put out an article, and I swear to God, I'm I'm really clear. Like I'm like I'm not like a spiritual guy. Like who thinks that you know everything's fluffy and the material world isn't real. No, I'm not like that at all. And I don't even make pretensions that I'm that way. Like I've never fucking even done it. But the comments I get are just inevitably always like that and i just I, i'm always like fuck's sake it's not happening again surely but they always take the form of like uh oh you know this this argument so the physiological argument that you're giving which i, I try to base it on reality when i put a theory forward like i try to have measurements and things usually and uh they're like oh it just sounds very materialistic to me <laughs> I'm like, well, that that's because it fucking is. Like, what what do you where did, where else would it be? Where else would it be? What what else is there other than fucking what's here? Um, so so I think my reaction to one of these people was just like, like, okay, well, if if everything is like consciousness, you know how people say that everything is consciousness. Um, how about I throw you in front of a fucking train? 
and then we'll see what that consciousness does to you as it as it roars towards you um but it, it ties into what you're saying about language as well so you have the superiority thing so you're sitting there saying like well this guy's a fucking idiot because he doesn't realize everything is consciousness what a fucking dummy so you're sitting there acting like you're superior having done nothing really other than straw man uh the argument and then on top of that what you do is you take some fucking meaningless words that don't have any connection with anything whatsoever and then sling that as a fucking insult so I, yeah i just uh or, or or a criticism or whatever it's, it's just so prevalent it just comes up so much you know i i really want people to question what i'm saying and to offer counterpoints or points on technical knowledge or whatever it is but that i never get that i never get that and i always look for it i always look for it but the, the people that throw fucking rocks at me I, it's almost like they're not even after that they're after something different you know like um anyway just a little bit of a rant there but yeah it's really prevalent today really prevalent and the, the drive to have that feeling of superiority is just it's everywhere it doesn't matter if it's like spirituality where people talk about being selfless all the time and then all they end up doing is going around acting like a prick you know <laughs> it's really fucking strange how the human brain works um anyway i don't know what that's got to do with self-transcendence yeah, other, some, other than some you of these guys yourself into it right like you, you can trick yourself so easily anyway sorry you go on. yeah well i mean some of these guys with the constant commenting and, and um criticizing and that they're it's like they're running around quickly checking that they are still superior and that means that they have they've transcended other people oh shit there's a guy who says something that's uh quickly note that down how oh, good i am superior yeah. he yeah. doesn't know that yeah. you know it's like a yeah. it's a fear thing you know rather than uh not it seems that they are aggressive when they're in their comments often but it's like passive aggressive because it's fearful it is passive fear. aggressive passive aggressive because i mean Absolutely. really if you're a transcendent being what the fuck are you doing commenting under it and we do you know <laughs> Uh, totally. You're 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 uh, <laughs> ruling yourself out by, by yeah, engaging with us. But um, totally. Uh, but like you know, look at me, look at me. I am the elite now. Look at me, look at me. Yeah. I am the elite. Um, listen, motherfucker. Yeah, there is no fucking path. <laughs> like, all right, okay, fair enough. Well, okay. Where did you? Yeah, how did you get to your fucking computer in the morning, <laughs> cockhead? Like, you know, like what? What does this shit even mean? I don't even know what it means anymore. You know? And that's another thing related to Korzybski, though, and people thinking words or confusing words in reality, accusing words with things that they refer to, is them. they forget metaphors or metaphors and they start, they forget like a metaphor is uh, often like a part of the path, you know, path of life or the spiritual path. They forget it's a metaphor um, that's uh, like a tool to help you. It's not. Uh, it's like a conscious Thingy. fiction. It's like a deliberate yeah. fiction. We know there is an actual path there when you say spiritual path, but you're using the metaphor as a kind of convenient fiction so that people have a way of understanding the structure of what we're talking about, similar to a path. You know, it's a metaphor analogy with a path. But what people happens is they get entranced by the word, bewitched by language. I think Wittgenstein said bewitched by language. I would rather say possessed by words, I think is better because people mm -hmm. really do get possessed by words. Uh, and um, they forget that that was just a metaphor 
that was just a fiction that we're using as a tool. We forget that, you know, to, using as a tool to make life better, easier, or to solve the problem. And they start treating it like a hypothesis, like you're actually saying there is a path there. You know what I mean? They don't even realize they do yeah, it. They yeah. flip from one to the other between fiction and conscious, deliberate fiction and hypothesis. So you, hypothesis is like you're doing science now if you're having a hypothesis and trying to demonstrate it. Um, this is not what that is, you know, saying spiritual path. You know, like mm. doing the things like you're doing if you're, you could use, uh, uh, you know, you could use musical metaphors to talk about, the, to refer to the rhythm of someone's breathing. But if you have a hypothesis about it, then you need to put some tool, attach some budget to them and measure things, you know, to see mm -hmm. if the structure of reality matches the structure of your hypothesis. Uh, you don't just like, you don't just go by the word. Yeah. You know? Well, there is no path. Um, so don't worry about breathing. Just fucking don't breathe. And we'll see, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, well, you, you know, as you, as you were saying before, it, it's not, it's not really what they're after. They're not after it constructive discussion which is what what's so funny about it uh but yeah um you do need tools yeah i like that yeah. i yeah. like that phrase people say about if someone's arguing in good faith you know like because you can't be figuring yeah, yeah. out what it means by in good yeah. faith but whenever you see something written or a comment you just you can smell it straight away whether it's in good faith or not often yeah. you'll get one sometimes they're quite long <laughs> but often you'll get one Always at the start long. they're talking about one thing and then you know that it's just to get back to some other thing. So, like, there was a group I was in, a group I am in online, and a small group uh, about people learning something that I do. And uh, it's not my group. And um, there's a guy on there who's the hater of the the guy running the group. But this guy's his main hater. You know, he was, like, a big student of his and went to him a lot. And then he fell out with him and disagreed with things. Now he's, like, the head hater, criticizing everything. He hasn't just gone off and done his own thing, though. He's still there criticizing, you know, that type of guy, <laughs> showing how he's better yeah. than the teacher. So, like, right. why is he still there right. if it's so bad? But anyway, yeah. he's there doing that all the time. And somebody will talk about something, and it's a technical thing, and he will, like, reply. And the at the start of the reply, he's talking about the technical thing, but gradually it just becomes more, way, more, more abstract. It gets away from the it's details painful. of the procedure. Yeah. And it gets back to, and I, like in my head, I'm like, oh, here he goes. This is going to end with a dig yeah. at the teacher. And then right when he gets the ball, that's your only thing in this because your teacher did it. Like he's, he did it. You know, the whole thing was about getting to that point. So that's that's not arguing in good faith. That's like no. you have an agenda, and yeah. you start with you're just starting with what they were talking about in order to get to your agenda. That's that's like a like a closed thing. That's not transcend. Often, like a, a real dialogue is is a, an act of transcendence. You're trying to. Mm -hmm reach further and go beyond your current understanding with someone else to you're both you know in good faith means that you're both which, trying to do that which is what we're doing right we're having hard. a dialogue yeah yeah totally um they, they don't they don't fuck well, you might be i'm trying to prove my superiority <laughs> you're right? you're trying to fucking <laughs> there is a fucking self okay fuck's sake <laughs> there's a fucking self all right okay i thought you i thought you lost it on the path yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I fucking dropped it. Um, anyway, yeah, look, yeah, shit, just. I guess we've we've taken a direction here where we're slagging people off, but uh, it, it is related. It's related to all of this. It, it's related because because you can so easily fool yourself. 
It's really I mean, I'm easy. I'm not speaking to do. specific. No? Oh, I actually was speaking about one specific. You person, were right? <laughs> that guy. The guy in that group. Yeah, the guy in that group. Yeah, um, well, who has a name? Well, I, I, I wasn't. Yeah, I um, wasn't. But in general, I've been talking in general, and including myself, by the way, because I mean, all of this is like yeah. completely relevant. I've been thinking about Krasinski. I'm not sure how much you can understand Krasinski without already have been able to see it from that point of view. I don't know if you can teach the words are not things thing because it sounds so obvious and pointless to normal people why would you mm. nobody thinks the map is the territory but actually mm. they do in their behavior they do totally uh, but do. they don't think that explicitly but implicitly they do and um i was thinking i don't know if you can teach it to someone like that because you need to kind mm. of already have the feeling for it before you to even engage with it you know with like someone like especially the books i've got it here it's like a brick you know it's like a, yeah. this giant blue thing the size of a packet of paper yeah. um yeah, yeah. But the, it's huge <laughs> um so yeah so i don't know how much um uh, i don't know how much you can do that but in general you know, i've been um including myself in these things and uh certainly i mean you need people as examples but i just can't i you're more <laughs> you're more uh what's the word to or you're more interested in uh, uh, open conflict with people. I, I just yeah, get I, the energy for it. I look, just get to as, um, as I say, I too nuanced about it, and it drains yeah. me. And I'm thinking about it later and stuff. I'm really pathetic when it comes <laughs> yeah. to stuff like that. You know, like because yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's like you're trying to get the right words and all the new to if I say it like this, and I, I, it's the exact thing we were saying earlier. Like I, I want to say things like. <laughs> and or uh, and put lots of caveats and that, but that's not how arguments on Twitter work. Um, so I just avoid it because uh, I just find it draining. Uh, although I can be an argumentative pick in real life. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I, I never seek it out. It's only when it's thrust upon me um, that I even bother, uh, which happens every now and then. But yeah, I look, I, I only do it because I'm a petty son of a bitch. So when I do it, I don't ascribe any like high-minded fucking like I'm here to try to help someone. I'm just acting as a mirror, you know. There's a comment under like, this video yeah. now saying he called himself a son of a bitch, but a bitch <laughs> is a female dog, and there's no way his mother just came She cannot be a canid. That's impossible. Yes. Well, that's, you never know. We do transcendence out of control now. Yeah. Well, that's um, self transcendence. You started half dog and you've became human, so that's good. It kind of is. I mean, people want to do that, don't they? They want to. Now, what are they called? Furries? Is that that's another way to to incorrectly self-transcend? Do you think? Is that what they are? Is that people who think they're dogs? Yeah, I think they think they're animals, or you know, they identify as an animal. I thought, yeah. I thought fatties were objects. I thought they were like toys. I didn't realize. Well, yeah, were, I think uh, I think they may well be. Maybe that's where they got it from, or you know, wow. something something like that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that I, is that is absolutely thinking words are primary and. Uh, realities are secondary and, and trying like, to act it out it's not too. To yeah <laughs> it's not to deny that the person might feel like uh, a wolf. close to other things or i feel like they identify with things and all that that's that, i'm not denying the feeling See, this is where I, like it's i'm just saying you could have people can have weird feelings like that and have weird things and all that but they don't it doesn't follow that they have to they don't have to pretend that the reality is like that too they don't have to they can just say I am one way like this, and another way I feel like this. So what? You know, mm. it's, it's fine. 
they yeah. don't need to everyone doesn't need to go along with it and then you don't need to start changing all the material stuff in order to make it go with the feel like it doesn't follow like it that's like a it's a that's a logical error actually to think that certain things conclusions follow from it when they don't um but it's like uh feelings are feelings and you feel what you want i don't care uh but i i'm not gonna um i'm not gonna turn my nervous system upside down just because that's what they've done yeah 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 i you know i in 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 uh, uh doing the reich series it's been interesting because he he all he, he talks about this as well he talks about this split that we we're talking about before about descartes uh, in particular <clears throat> about how uh in western civilization and i guess it ties in with the spengler thing that you're talking about as well uh that we have become so disconnected from our bodies like just so far disconnected that uh, for example i think he talks about a mathematician uh and this is in his book god uh, the devil god ether and the devil which I recommend everyone should read. That's like my new favorite book of his. And I, I haven't read it. I didn't read it for like two decades or something until, until the other day. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, this is actually pretty good. Um, and uh, he talks about how uh, part of the problem with Western civilization is uh, it's, it's not like we're not being driven by our sensations. So a, a mathematician is trying to figure out ultimate reality using abstract symbols and the thing that's driving him are sensations and energy in his body right that's what's giving him <clears throat> the drive and the ability to represent that energy in the form of abstract symbols which is what's happening but the problem is that the the mathematician in this example that he gives doesn't realize that he's that's what he's doing so like the the truth is there all the time but he's just not in connection with it at all so it, it kind of ties in what, you, what you're saying like people people have feelings they have all these things that are going on but they're just so disconnected from their instincts it's so far away for them that it just gets re represented in just these really bizarre ways and they're, they're just not at all aware of the truth of kind of what's going on in their body like the the way that they're being driven and they just come up with these really bizarre uh modes of uh of being that are you know the, that are disconnected from their biology and uh their nervous system and, and the way everything's working and of course there yeah, is I, mean, I, I support like big like crazy self-experimenting with different ways of being and like yeah. uh, mad like um what seemingly mad frankenstein self-experimenting shit uh, yeah. If people want to do that, if it's like individuals doing it on their own, blah blah blah, not it's like not a cultural thing, or people have been made to do it and all that. Um, even if I find them distasteful, some of them are you know interesting, some of them aren't, and some of them are um, will go somewhere useful, and some aren't, and whatever. And uh, so that's not the same thing as uh, as um, going along with uh, all of it, you know. Um, there's like there is healthy ways to do it. Mm. Uh, there is ways to do it that it that does lead to self-transcendence, even if it's weird and distasteful ways uh, to other people. Um, you kind of and there's things that aren't. You just know it when you see it. It's like that thing, the whole thing about you know the the judge. What's you know define pornography? I know it when I see it. You know the, you know define the difference in art. Where does art stop and pornography start? So it's it's similar like that. It's like a that that answer is 
a guy who's orientated towards the the things first and the words second. I know it when I see it because you do. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know when it's just art or it's not. Um, you know, like if it's naked in art, it's one thing, and then if it's pretty, you just know. But you can't define that in words. If you try to define that in words, they will just run rings around you. And I'm sure there's pro porn people that do this online. Uh, because everyone's arguing the definitions exactly like that woman with the chair and the you know a horse and that. I mean, mm-hmm. her thing was funny in a way, but it was um, <laughs> you, like you yeah. could, these traps are out there all the time in language, and uh, uh, they it, they're not nothing. It's not like oh, it's just oh, you thought the mark was a territory or oh, what a dick it was last night. It's like mm-hmm. you you do these things and it. The behavior comes out and uh, things mm. happen. Things really happen based on these errors and it fucks everything up. Mm. Um, if you, I mean, you literally have whole wars over a few sounds <clears throat> people make from a mouth. Yeah. yeah. Incredible, really. It is. It is um, amazing. Yeah. Really amazing. And you can also convince people not to do things physically aggressive based on words coming out of the mouth, which in their best interest would be to. Um, maybe do something to free themselves from uh, other people's tricks. Uh, so, like, it's not yeah, anyway. It's not nothing. Yeah. No, it is. You know, I always say language is. Uh, well, I forget my own expression. Like, language is not as uh, not as powerful as people think, but it's it's more impactful than they can imagine like it's kind of like this paradox because on the one hand we're saying that well words are just sounds but on the other hand these sounds can fucking fuck things up for millennia <laughs> so it's kind of this weird yeah i mean you we've, know weird we've thing forced words from auctions we're so used yeah. to words not being uh yeah. linked with auctions so like we're so used to saying oh, i'm going to do such and such or such and such and then you don't yeah, really do, do it fuck all so, like yeah do fuck in all. our lives the words are one set of things over here and then the auctions are over there sometimes they go together but they don't have to i mean yeah. if you read the old stuff you know like uh you know not that even that long ago really if you said something then auctions happen like you yeah. You know, like um, like honor cultures and stuff. You can't unsay something. You know, Westerners no. can go. It's just a joke, or I just said whatever. No. Other cultures and and in the West at different times, you uh, the words are the first stage of an auction. They they are an auction. You know, they're not like yeah. they're not separated. It's like the um the words do things. You know, you're like you're saying something, and now something has happened. It's not it's not separate. You know, there's not that um split between theory and practice that we kind of have because we're so used to our words not meaning anything and uh, we're so used to being obsessed with the words and not connecting them with the with the real thing anymore um, or you could go online on twitter do a thread about honor culture and how good it is and then say this is what we need to go back to we need to go back to this and then you know it doesn't fucking matter because nothing fucking happens anyway so i think that's <laughs> that's kind of just what it, that's all it is everything is always but if what happens something happens that they want is they get some more followers and they get some retweets and of course and, like, and that's what that's it's what about it, that's what it's for that's what yeah. it's about so um just on the going back to furries um <laughs> i never thought and, of in this conversation <laughs> neither now that i know what it is well you know this general idea of um i really think this feel this fits into this top-down thing that i'm talking about this this kind of uh, cultural idea that we are we are I I I think therefore I am uh, we're we're thinking and therefore we're, what we're doing is we're taking the abstraction and then we're shaping things 
downward, even if what's downward is not at all, you know, uh, there. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, in a way, I, I can see the utility of that. So as you were talking about before, the utility is mathematics, uh, imposing abstraction uh, on the world, uh, inventions, computers, like I kind of get it, right? But but uh, when it gets out of control, the top-down approach, so going from the highest centers and trying to subvert the lowest centers, shall we say, like, uh, then it, it creates all sorts of problems. And, you know, I, I wonder that if a big element of, self-transcendence is therefore mastering yeah it ties into the reactivity thing that i was talking about maybe a couple of weeks ago um that uh, a lot of the problem is if if you're not using language in a in a very pure way if you're abstracting and you're using it to build a steam engine fine because that's something that okay it's connected to reality but this this tendency can be taken uh too far the other way so you you can then think, well, it built a fucking steam engine, so why can't I be a parrot? Um, you know, like it's that's the way things work, isn't it? Um, but because we have such weird cultures and and quite deviant biology, I would say, for whatever reason, um, something odd going on with with humans and the way they are. This. It, it, you know, it comes up in all sorts of bizarre ways. This thinking is really strange. So you have this this substrate of reactivity of physiology that's giving rise to all these really bizarre uh, abstractions. And, and our, because our culture encourages abstraction and we think we are abstraction, it's going in, in all sorts of bizarre, like really bizarre ways um, that, that just don't make any sense. So, so I wonder... Again, doing this whole thing on Reich, his whole thing was about uh, descendants, for example. So not just Reich, but I guess other body people as well. It was about getting away from that um, and then getting into the body, noticing the body. Um, I know I, I shit canned it last week, but this this idea of uh, trauma, I guess what they call trauma in psychoanalytic circles, which are just all these fucked things that happen and because we're so disconnected from our bodies we can't process trauma so all these energies and you know getting bullied in the schoolyard because you're a fat nerd or you know whatever whatever's going to happen in your life it gets all bound up in your body and your fucking dad used to beat you up or whatever it was and you you develop this kind of really strange abnormal uh musculature and physiology and way of breathing your nervous system has hit this strange homeostasis where it's very fucking wound up all the time. And, you know, then you have your thoughts and those are culturally influenced by all these different fucking other weirdos that have come before you and that are around you at the moment. So I, I'm going to be a parrot. I feel like I'm a parrot. That's what I'm going to be. So I'm going to dress up like a parrot uh, with my girlfriend who's some other fucking weird animal. And we're just going to live together and live this life. But the way I see it is these people are just highly neurotic um, because they're just completely out of their body or they're not out of it, but they don't understand what's going on underneath. And so this process of uh, descendence, and I'm using that as an example because it's what we all do, at least before we do body work. That's the way we all approach uh, the world. It's getting rid of that. 
and dealing with all these different uh, ways that experience and uh, and uh, how would you say and being formed by our ecology is is bound up in our bodies, like in the form of tension, in the form of bad posture, in the form of breathing not working properly, whatever it is, all the strange things that go on. And so in, in working with the body, so maybe expanding the thoracic cavity, <clears throat> slowing down breathing, fixing up posture, fixing up all these physiological systems, uh, going away from the, the upper bit, the abstraction and the language, um, the, the bit that we think all the time and we think ourselves being this and that, and we just need a perfect theory and then I'll overcome myself because I'll have the right set of words and the right beliefs. It's discarding all of that shit <clears throat> and then leaving it over there for a little while and just getting into the body, feeling the body, trying to make the homeostatic response in the nervous system vibrant and pulse properly and kind of function properly. Try to put it all together. Try to what, do what you do. Like, And then if you're going to start working with words, taking the words and connecting it to tangible things, trying to, trying to understand <clears throat> what, you know, the, the world of the kinesthetic. So we go from uh, maybe what Descartes uh, originally said, so he, he obviously was famous for saying, I, I think, therefore I am, which is the argument I'm taking is that, uh, <clears throat> that that's not the total truth. So, so what we could extend that to is we, we could say, um, how we could say, I, I feel, I vibrate, I breathe. Um, I, <clears throat> you know, I, I have sensations and, and I think therefore I am. So you're going from this very limited Western approach to this more inclusive, total organismic approach, shall we say. And anyone that I know that's undergone that process, so that descendants, which is probably more, a uh, more relevant way to call it than a, uh, than a transcendence or a, or a rising up or however you want to put it. Um, I think that from that place, that's the key. That's the first thing that people need to do. You need to get back to that, that place, that basic command of the physiology and all those different things, try to straighten yourself out. And, and from there, then you can start thinking about, you know, self overcoming or self self-transcendence and all these other things and what what that really means i think that without the descendants part then you're you're pissing in the wind a little bit you're pissing with in the wind so i really feel that well i know actually i'm not going to say i feel because I, I fucking know it because i see it all the time if, if you don't have the connection with the body then you you'll just get into trouble because you're kind of missing such a big part of the totality of everything that's going on. So I, I just just bring it back to the matter of you know that very abstract use of language, people thinking themselves that they're an identity, uh, people thinking that they are literal thought, like you know, like that that cultural habit that we have. Um, 
that that in itself is something to be overcome i believe um and uh it's it, that descendants is the first step to to uh you know going somewhere higher i think uh but you know um yeah i i'm just not sure if if people you know how much people get this and in my in my uh essays and writing i've really been trying to drive this home and i'm trying to find find easy ways to express it to try and like make it clear because i i've been a word cell too so i'm not like totally it's not like i've always just perfect like uh, you know I, the only reason i know this is because I was a word cell, like going around reading books and like, just like, oh, hmm, yes, fascinating. Hmm, yes. You know, I get all these new theories and I thought it was wonderful. And then as soon as I started working with the body, you know, what you were saying before about, uh, about reading science and sanity, like a normal person wouldn't get it because they think, well, you, you're not going to eat the menu at the restaurant, but you know, who does that? It's, it's not until you get in contact with the body that these things just become incredibly obvious uh that that's what's actually going on underneath everything um so i guess what i'm trying to say with this incoherent rant is that uh the first step in self-transcendence i believe for a westerner needs to be some kind of descendants so going going into the body and then from that point working your way upwards so taking a bottom up approach to life and i think once you do it you start realizing that from a from a personal point of view uh all these uh things you were describing you know living out uh, these you know professions in your imagination or you know whatever it is they tend to just kind of dissipate and go away and you just kind of you don't really suffer so much from it if, you know it still happens but because you're very aware of your body and what's going on and everything that's driving you it, it seems to open up this this kind of realm of uh creative energy shall we say all the energy that was bound up before and you weren't aware of all of a sudden that becomes available to you which means that rather than being reactive all the time, then you you have access to this reservoir of biological energy, which then you can go and apply to things tangibly. And because you understand the truth of what abstraction is, you're you're less inclined to get fucked up by it. Like you you'll get momentarily enamored by it. You know, you might get frustrated in an in an argument or at work or some other thing like this but you you tend not to go on a months or years long odyssey um of being uh bamboozled by by some kind of language or ideology i i think it's it's less likely um so yeah i, I guess just as my final words uh the key is descendants is the key first up i firmly believe that um and then, yeah, freeing up those energies, those bound energies, starting to get an idea of reactivity. <clears throat> then, then who knows? Then maybe you can go and do a religious thing or 
philosophical thing and it will take on new dimensions that uh you never you never really had any idea of before so that that's how i'll finish yeah i, I, I agree yeah. with the descendant thing yeah as the first step for definite because uh but the way like the way you're describing it is using it as the tool or the or it's the path the path drives, <laughs> the path leads down in order to lead up um, but, but this is like the error that the scientific materialist types make the reductionist types is because they keep going down so they science works by descending you know breaking into those parts and you know the reductionist thing does lots of uh has lots of practical results by descending but that's what they keep doing they keep smaller particles or oh, smaller bits of those particles they keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller it's like as if the all the truth and the real stuff is in down there somewhere yeah rather yeah, than yeah. that just being one level of things that's happening at the same time yeah which is yeah. what like the obvious which is the obvious reality of what's happening and you have to do some weird mental thing to think that it's all really just that really just yeah. molecules or whatever it is so they they descend as a tool and then the tool becomes an end in itself and the the means become more important than the end uh whereas like original science it's all very practical they're doing they're figuring things out for to 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 well actually it's not when <laughs> we mean by practical a lot of those try to uh highly mystical but even the mysticism was magic and the magic was practical so like uh, it's really a different way of thinking about it. um Descartes obviously was it's different in those times those people are like uh, he was a soldier and all these other things so to do mind um uh, thought experiments and stuff it's like a different context they're doing them in than the the person typical person downstream of that who has a sort of debauched version of that and they don't have all the other yeah. uh, philosophical awareness all the just that kind of um, physical context that people a few hundred years ago had that we yeah. don't really have now before everything became infatuated with words by real thinkers who were, had real lives as well you know they really did mm. things you know they're like mm. a lot of them were um did uh, really physical things too um just on that i'm not uh, qualified to have a go at the guy i'm just using him because you know that's kind of where i believe it comes from but yeah look from what i know of no, it yeah, yeah, me, I'm not, to be honest mind, somewhat yeah. interested in the in the mathematics thing but that's i'm getting from yeah. uh spengler <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. like, because there's a story. I think it's I think it's the car, but it might be another one, one of the mathematicians around there. Is he? They thought of the coordinate. He thought of the coordinate system because he was lying in bed and he was looking at a black. Like the, before this, the the Greek way of um, the Greek geometry was uh, embodied. You know, it was like it would only if you were sitting with a pen and paper drawing it. The geometry had to make sense drawing it on a pen and paper. You know, looking at the things around you. You know. Mm. So like uh it, it was very everything was tied back to there the way they worked the way they did the way they worked things out in terms of number was always always tied back to this physical embodied place uh yeah, yeah. and then when they when they reached a point where it was no longer embodied it seemed to get really irrational they it became like a taboo you know they just yeah. like no that's not that's not good they you know, ignore that um whereas the western one just fucking grabbed that and ran with it you know so anyway like the the car's thing was apparently I think it's him. Um any mathematicians listening if if that is if that's a possibility, uh, let us know. But I think he was looking at a fly on the ceiling of this bedroom. He's lying in bed and he was looking at a fly above him and he was the fly was walking around on the roof in different areas, different or flying around in different places. And he was thinking imagining it in four quadrants and then it's over here and you could count 
numbers, which part of the room is it in? You know, you could count numbers up here and numbers down there and to the side, and then you, know, you suddenly have a graph system, and then from that, uh, you can just have numbers that are completely separated from any kind of. They're just completely abstract now. Um, <clears throat> so relationships among themselves rather than have to be tied to, to the body. And it's an interesting metaphor that itself. It's looking yeah, yeah. up at the roof. You know, it's already abstracted up out, whereas the Greeks were looking down at the ground. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, like the, the again, it's this everything is really embodied and uh, everything's really psychophysical. I don't like staying embodied too much because everyone has the wrong idea of that now. Oh, I just feel and sense things and everything will be good. Um, and that's our different approach to Reich and stuff as well, which a lot of the Reichian guys make the mistake of is that the tool of Reich becomes an end in itself. So, the feeling and experiencing this, the sensations and the emotions and that becomes the thing. Yeah. And then you're just meant to express all that more. Which I don't think is Reich's thing at all. It's like that was a tool for, totally based on yeah. his con, based on his concepts and his um, uh, techniques or whatever. It was a and tool for just on that uh, getting obsessed, rid of the problems. They're obsessed with trauma now. Just everything is about trauma, which which ties into that, you know, that kind of gooey thing about you know, oh, you know, everything's about being fucking broken and just that, just that whole. Whole, it's just it's icky it's icky when you look into it it's it's a bit bit yuck but anyway sorry i just thought i'd mention that it's, it's all yeah, just a way of it, right? they've, they've gone the other extreme yeah. so like the yeah. the post enlightenment the post in western enlightenment um stuff about where it got too abstract and um lost in uh theories and stuff like that uh they just went to the other extreme and now they're just lost in the swamp of feelings and the sensations and stuff like that they're just it's like uh it reminds me of it's just that pendulum swings people they just swing the pendulum the opposite direction it's like a, yeah. an automated thing it's not even it's not even conscious it's like similar to how the people got fed up with the problems from public schools because they were too strict and disciplined and you know authoritarian and uh, the hierarchy between teachers and students and all that so they just flipped all these crazy free schools where they just let the child do anything they want, you know, with no control mm. and the child knows inside them, the education's in them, they just need to let it out. Total <laughs> ironic as well. It's just stupid. Um, so they had all these experimental ones where it's just extreme and it's obvious it's, it, this is just like, a, the pendulum swings back and forward and a lot of these um, somatic um, therapist types, uh, they were just swinging it the, the, free, the free way. Yeah. They think if you just let it all out, if everyone will be free and everything will work like that. It's um uh I was used to be like this. So this is I mean I know it. So I know all the things they're gonna say. I know where yeah. I know why they're saying it because of the feelings are so intense and stuff. Um but eventually you're just like, nah, it's all this thinking apparatus in your brain of all for a reason. Um yeah. a lot of those people are just lazy and they don't want to think because it's hard. And uh they're uh, addicted to feelings, uh, to pleasurable feelings. It's Good like, feelings, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I tweeted the other day that um, I saw that, <laughs> yeah, that I somatic saw that. therapy, somatic therapy.